SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Football Full Circle. Mike and George coming at you talking about variety of different topics across the NFL. We're going to have Ryan Talbot up uh, this hour. Ryan Talbot writes for New York Upstate and does Bill's updates. So he's our Bill's beat writer, and he's going to give us some insight on Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, everybody else uh, that is important to the Bill's success this season. But we started off, George, kicking it old school for you and me. It's not really that old school, but we're going to talk a little bit of fantasy out of the gate, simply because... We talked in the previous hour of this show, and we talk uh, at times about, I don't know how many games they're going to play. What if they play only 13 games? What happens in the NFL? Well, what happens if you're in a fantasy league and some guys are out? Uh, How are you going to adjust your league? What if the league gets shut down and they've only played 12 or 9 or whatever games? Or teams have played... A bunch of different types of a uh, bunch of different number of games, and we're set there with a league that looks like it's had a hammer uh, taken to it. So I'll lay it all out for you. In fact, what are the things that you're going for leagues to make sure that people can still have fun with it and not be worried? Oh, I got screwed out of my hundred dollars. What are you going to do? Well, first off, if you're playing with some kind of prize money, you better have rules in place. Really, it's that simple. If you're not playing for prize money, it's just for uh, bragging rights. Well, then you don't have to change anything. You do whatever you want to do. You know, but if you're playing for prize money, you better have the rules. You better have them written out in your constitution that everybody understands where if a season doesn't go 16 week, uh, 16 games. You know, uh, once again, in fantasy, generally we end at the end of week 16. That's when your championship in championship is. I think the easiest thing for you to do, first off, go to a points league this year. Don't do head-to-head. It solves all your problems. You go to a points league, you'll have a winner, you'll have a loser. Then you need to vote on how many weeks need to be played for the season to count. My home league is a points league. First thing I did, I gave everybody a choice. I had to vote how many weeks need to be played for the season to count for uh, prizes to be handed out. And? and the vote came down to 12, three quarters. Wow. You know, so we need 12 games, uh, week 12 to be finished. Not 12 games, there'll be some bye weeks. Neighbor. I thought it was going to be a lower number. I so thought did we were going to say like eight. No, uh, I, I think that's less than half, eight to seventeen. So I don't think that was the goal. I thought ten might get the vote here, you know, but twelve was the vote, and uh, it was by unanimous. It was nine, it wasn't right. even close. I should say nine. I always yeah. said nine. Yeah. It wasn't even close in my league for whatever reason. That's what it came down to. So if we only played ten weeks, everyone gets their hundred dollars back or whatever the uh, entry fee is. That's what we've done. That's what we've decided, and that's fair. Now I think your bigger problem is if you want to keep the head-to-head format. What if one of the two of those leagues, George, is really light, like? Yeah, technically games are played on 12 weeks, but in that 12th week, there was only six teams left because the other 26 teams are quarantined or can't feel the roster. Well, I assume then that the league is canceled. You don't have to worry about (laughs) it in that uh, definition there. But it's uh, trying to keep keep all of my situations alive here. We didn't cover something like that. It's week 12. So 12 weeks of the NFL season have to be completed. I guess you could make an argument. Well, Week 12, we had 17 games scheduled. We only played six. Where about the other 11? You have to wait for those. We'll see what happens there. You know, but I don't think, once again, by rule, it says week 12 has to be completed. So if week 12 is completed, there you go. 
you know, you're going to play here. I know in my baseball league, also a points league, we did cover this topic, you know, where it was once again, 40 games have to be played on average, not weeks, that's, not whatever week. That's we, sort of what I'm driving average. at. Yeah. Right. So you, have, you would have to actually count every uh, the game for every games played for every team divided by 30. How many baseball teams do you get? If you get above 40, well, then you have your winner. Because it's going to be more for 40 now because the Cardinals aren't going to play 40 games by the time everybody else does. Neither will the Miami Marlins. So you're probably going to have to average 42, 43 games for most teams other than those two teams. But in football, we did not do that. That wasn't the, uh, the vote there. Now, you're right, Mike. Maybe at the draft, I do bring that up, that we're going to do the same uh, sort of thing where 12 games played for each team. That might be an easier thing. It is something you brought up that's probably correct in case – more than one team or quite a few teams do miss games here. You know, so we might bring that up. We'll see well, how that happens there. But this is what, why I keep saying you better have these rules in your league. Head-to-head leagues are tougher because what if you end at the week 12? Well, you didn't have a championship. NFL season is done, but you didn't crown a championship, but you played 12 games. You probably better have a rule that says, well, in this circumstance, we revert to a points league. And once again, it goes by points of who goes who because that's the only way you can do it. You know, it's the only fair way here. And it's also why I just think it makes sense to come for one year, for the COVID year, right? This is a bad year. Rather than not playing, just convert to a points league for yeah. one season and go from there. Hey, if you're saying, oh, I don't, I don't know a points league, well, then make it for a lesser price. Instead of $100 or whatever you might normally play, make it for 50 bucks. Yeah, one, one of the home leagues I'm in, I, I suggested maybe lowering the price, but it was only $100. Uh, nobody really seemed to care all that much about the money itself. Uh, I suggested that you add uh, COVID extra IR spots. Oh, absolutely. I, I would you, go unlimited. I, th- I think uh, I wanted more than that. They, We already had one. They said we'll add another one. That's I, nuts. I would go more. Um, just because a player has to be considered out to be put on those lists anyway by most of these programs. I think we use ESPN in that league. But, um, you know, if I have three or four guys that are on COVID because they tested positive the morning of, I can't yeah, I can't feel the fair. team. You know, I'm, I'm, I I'm just, taking an L. Fantasy football is always is already a lot of luck because you have to stay healthy. It's not like baseball where you can survive injuries. In football, you can't because you need to win the, these weeks here. I would just go unlimited. I, I'm listening. I'm Bringing a believer in, in unlimited. audience on anyway, this, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I'm a believer in unlimited IR slots anyway. I want to take luck out of it. I don't like teams being eliminated because of injuries. And you mentioned there'll be a teams that have four, five, six guys on COVID, and now you can't replace them. I think that's just – I think it's unfair. Yeah. Uh, so something to think about for your leagues out there. We just wanted to spend a couple of minutes. George and I have been playing fantasy for a really long period of time. That's how people sort of got to know us uh, on air. As guys that were fantasy experts, as I put that in air quotes. But uh, something to really consider for your leagues. I think points league is a really interesting way to make that adjustment, even if you're not used to it. It's very easy to track. It's no more difficult to track than head-to-head is. All these sites do it for you. So we're going to come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back on the grid, Mike and George talking fantasy football. So a buddy of mine, George, a couple days ago, uh, reached out to me. He knows I play fantasy football. I'm in a league with him. 
He's never played in a dynasty fantasy football league before, and he's entering into one. It's a super flex league. He got the second pick overall. So he was asking for strategy advice and walking, we're trying to walk through players. What should I do? When should I take the quarterbacks? And he, his thought process is if Barkley is there, I'm taking Barkley. So if the first person picks McCaffrey or Mahomes or somebody like that, he's taking Barkley. But in, if Barkley goes number one overall, possibility, obviously, for uh, in a dynasty league, he wanted to know if he should take Mahomes or not. And I thought it was a fair question. And it got me to thinking about rankings and, and everything else. And it turns out Mike Clay, ESPN, I think a lot of people know who he is that play fantasy, came out with his dynasty rankings just a couple of days ago. So I, I thought we could review them here. But... To explain in general terms for the crowd out there is like, why does this guy keep saying dynasty fantasy football? What is he talking about? I'll let you explain. Well, there are really three different types of leagues. There's your redraft league, and everyone goes back into the pool every year. So you have a complete player pool to uh, draft from. Well, there most are people play. Uh, an abundance of people play in those leagues. There are keeper leagues, which are more and more prevalent nowadays. That varies from league to league, where you keep a certain amount of players for a certain amount of time. Year after year. It could be three players for three years, three players for five years, whatever rule your league wants. It can be round association with them as well. You have to give up this draft pick in order to keep the player. Sometimes I not. would hope. I would hope there's a certain penalty, but not all leagues have that. But yes, I like the penalty phase of it. And then there are dynasty leagues. And in those leagues, you can keep everybody forever. Dynasty. You know, uh, I, I like all three. I prefer some kind of keeper league mentality, including dynasty leagues. I think they're fun. I think they're more strategy-wise. The only uh, the biggest strategy for your friend I would come into is this. Not so much who to take. But first, you need to realize, just because you call, call it a dynasty league, doesn't mean it's going to last forever. This is true. And I, I'm not just talking about your friend dynasty leagues. Mike and I have been involved in industry dynasty leagues, which don't last more than a couple of years because teams, they're bad. You know, and then they don't want to play anymore. And you get three or four of those teams like that, the league just dissolves. Or the league wasn't set up well. Uh, it bad was, rules. It, it was, you got rushed to the starting line, the bad rules, the rosters are too big, it becomes hard to manage, it's on a bad website, whatever. We've there are all many seen things it. that could go wrong with the Dynasty League. So yeah. before you start drafting, I would ask yourself, do you truly believe this league is going to be around five years from now? Mm-hmm. That's why I, I usually tell people, Mike, when it comes to a Dynasty League, draft to win this year. Worry about next year, next year. Worry about three years down the line, three years down the line. You know, you don't even know the league's going to be around then. It's the old saying in fantasy, flags fly forever. Win now. And and it's the first thing I told him. I was like, you don't know what's going to happen in this league three years from now. uh, So try to win now. Don't, there there are people that come up with a strategy. And if the league, um, if the league does exist for a long period of time, if you draft young early, then that, they may those players may come into fruition. You may have a good team a few years from now. But uh, in the dynasty league that George and I both compete in, he's in a good spot right now. I'm rebuilding. In fact, I ditched uh, some guys this year because we were going into a season that we didn't know what it was going to look like. I was already sort of on the fence to make the playoffs, so I'm punting on 2020. But uh, I think when you're starting in a dynasty league, I think it is important to know that yes, try to win now. But definitely have an eye on the future. You can, if you're trying to win now, have more veterans than some of your peers may have in that league because you shouldn't dismiss 
those. In fact, I got another question earlier today on Twitter from someone about this. And they said, what do you think of this dynasty team? And I said, you drafted a whole bunch of rookie wide receivers that can't possibly work out well this year. A bunch of rookie wide receivers aren't going to hit on the same team. You'd have to be extraordinarily lucky. So you can't be afraid of older players at the skill positions, George. I think you take a, I think you, you keep a mind of players' experience and age when you're drafting. That's something you would never do during a redraft league. I think you attempt to have a bunch of players under 25, but a good mix of veteran and young is fine for this. See, for me, I attack it like I would a redraft league. I, I'm not worried about the young players. I'm not worried about two, three years down the line here. I want to win now. You know, I, I always feel I'm good at where I'll make the, the adjustments I need to make here. Yeah. You know, now, if it's a coin flip situation or it's close, of course I'll go with the younger player. I'll go with the, the rookie here because, hey, uh, I have nothing to lose there. I think it's close anyway. I'll take the play that's going to be around three, four, year, five years. But what I have found in Dynasty Leagues – the first year of a dynasty league is generally I do pretty damn well with them because everyone's taking younger players. They hear the word dynasty and they automatically think, oh, I got to take C.D. Lamb in the first round. Yes. That's not what you should be doing here. You yeah. still want to win now. You still want to take the guys who are going to produce now. For example, so, Julio Jones is still far better than C.D. Lamb is right now. You take Julio Jones, you don't take C.D. Lamb. I know it's exactly. an extreme example, but we're trying to make a point to not – just load up on young players. It could work down the road, but it won't work this year. We know that. And it might not work next year. And then the league folds, and you're like, ah, I never even got out of the gate with this team. I thought I, I was going to nail it three years from now. Well, <laughs> we told you. I, I want to win. I said, uh, it, it would be different. Like I said, if you may know your guys. Oh, this league's definitely gonna, going to be around 10 years. If you know that, and you, then you can maybe draft a little differently. But from my experience in Dynasty Leagues, I said I played in a bunch but I'm only in one right now. That should tell you something. And I've never left the league. The league's always been disbanded. The only one I'm in is the one with you, which right. I love. I think it's, it's one of my... It's the ninth year. Right. It's, it's a fun league to be in. And every league's like, Mike, Mike is rebuilding this year. I've had to rebuild, and I was willing to accept that. That it took me two, three years to rebuild. You know, and I, I, that was sort of the fun for me, that I took those years to rebuild my team. And I ended up being the Buffalo Bills, and that I, I lost in a championship game three straight years, Mike. Yeah. So uh, it was frustrating, but it was part of the fun. So you have to realize, you know, come to Jesus moment. But that's also why I keep saying play to win now. Worry about next year. Worry about three years down the line when that time comes. You know, you don't know if the league is going to be there. And you brought up the perfect example. You got C.D. Lamb. Well, by the time he becomes the player we think he's going to become, league's not even around anymore. Yeah. And you never even got to see what he could become. So we'll take a look at Mike Clay's uh, rankings, uh, which you can see up here on the screen and we'll continue it into the next segment as well we'll spend some time on this but as you can see <laughs> running backs and elite wide receivers are extremely valuable in these leagues if you're in a 12 team league for example george and i play in 16 team leagues but if you're in a 12 team league uh, those guys go early so the workhorse running backs how very few of them there are are extremely valuable they get taken right out of the gate so you can see right here McCaffrey, Barkley, Michael Thomas is a lone wide receiver. Zeke, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and then Devontae Adams uh, cleans out the top 10. You see that you don't have the first quarterback until Mahomes at 13. Considering who Pat Mahomes is and what he can do, he's still not even in the first round, technically, in a league like this, if it went according to plan. Now, keep in mind, when you look at ESPN's rankings, unless they tell you differently, 
this is a one quarterback league, four That's points right. for a touchdown pass. That is correct. So uh, things would change drastically. Uh, my favorite type of league by far is a super flex league, especially in this day and age where we have so many good to great quarterbacks. I think it's kind of silly that we don't have where well, two quarterbacks are eligible to play because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one of those guys who just harps on it over and over again. No if you're strategy. playing in a one quarterback league, right, no strategy, wait forever. I don't care when I get a quarterback. 12th quarterback I could find is probably Roethlisberger or someone like that, and I can win with Ben. And it allows me to get guys like McCaffrey, Barkley, Thomas, whoever it might be, at the top of my draft the first couple of rounds while someone else is worried about taking Mahomes. There's no doubt Mahomes is going to put up more points, but comparatively to what Ben can do or what another quarterback can do, it's not anywhere near the difference of what a running back can do to another running back. So, so that's, that's the yeah. uh, strategy there. So uh, with only a minute to go, I'll ask you uh, if you're that guy in this super flex league, in the startup, second pick. Uh, say Barkley goes first, who do you take? Pat Mahomes. And if uh, somebody other than Barkley went first, say it's McCaffrey or Mahomes, who would you take? Mahomes. For you, this reason, yeah. Dynasty League, theoretically it's going to be around for a while. It's a super flex league, which automatically pushes the quarterbacks out. Quarterbacks last forever. What if Mahomes went first? Would you take then, Mark? Probably not, because I don't think he's going to be healthy all the time. I probably would go McCaffrey in that direction. You would take McCaffrey second. So for yeah. you, the top two are Mahomes, McCaffrey in a league like that. It is super flex, yes. Okay, cool. We'll come back, talk more about this and other stories that hit the news this week in the NFL. It's Mike and George on the grid. We're coming right back with more. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Back on the grid. We're talking about Dynasty fantasy football, and then we'll get into some news and notes with the NFL this week. But, George, so you said that my friend, my friend Jeremy, uh, who reached out to me earlier this week, you would take Mahomes uh, if he's at number two, right? So you got that. Uh, and then you're coming back around. So it's 12-team league. He'll have the then 20, uh, 23rd pick. 23. 23, and then he'll have 26. So as it comes back to 23, I'm looking at Mike Clay's rankings, obviously. He's got Mahomes as the only quarterback there at 13. The next QB he has, gosh, I can't even find it. Where's Lamar? Lamar Jackson at 19. Oh, I missed it. Okay. Uh so unlikely that he's going to get Lamar coming back. Would you, though, be motivated to get a second quarterback there? Would you want Russell Wilson potentially to pair with Pat Mahomes or Kyler Murray or somebody like that? Well, you know how this game's going to be played now. We need to know who else is there. Yeah. By going the direction I'm going, if you're going to take Mahomes at two, you're probably screwed at running back. I don't think it's going to be much there, and I'm right. not going to reach for one. I will not reach for a running back. Now, I know in Mike Clay's rankings here, uh, once again, this is geared towards a one-quarterback league, so there will yeah. be other players there. Those other QBs will be gone too, right? Right. There will be more quarterbacks gone, but there will also be other players that are available. Obviously, if the quarterbacks went earlier, then other players slid down here. Right? He has Aaron Jones at 27. Now, he's not great for a dynasty league. He's not great for a keeper league right now because there's a reason why Green AJ Bay Dillon. drafted 
Right. There's a reason why Green Bay drafted him. Jones and uh, Williams could be free agents. Uh, they certainly expect one to leave, if not both. So there could be a problem there. But Aaron Jones could theoretically slide there. By the way, kind of a brilliant strategy. If if a team employs that we're just going to use running backs on their rookie deals, talented running backs, it's kind of kind of a smart strategy. Anyway, that's a quick aside. If it, if it works out, we'll see. Uh, yeah, you have to keep getting it right. That's the dangerous. problem. Uh, so I'm just looking at uh, running backs that could possibly slide down there. It, Mike uh, Mike has Derrick Henry at 28. I don't see that. Austin Eckler, well, you'd be thrilled. I mean, absolutely thrilled if either one of those guys fell to you at 23, right? And uh, I would take that in a heartbeat. And this solves your running back problem. You still have a, a decent RB1, especially Eckler doesn't get enough love. I told you the man gets enough love as he should have there. I would love him to fall to me at 23, end of the second round. I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, then the uh, top of the third round, when you go three picks later, then you could sort of make the decision you're talking about here, where you could take an, a very good second, second quarterback. QB. Doesn't yeah. bother me to do that. I've done that in a lot of Superflex leagues. Load up on quarterbacks, go from there, or maybe get the top wide receiver, and there should be plenty of them as the wide receiver is deep anyway. My Listen, the basic thing for me is, Mike, I'm going to take Mahomes at uh, two, and then it's BPA. If it's the quarterback, fine, but I'm really looking for the running back in the second round and certainly BPA third round. Quarterback is deep. I'm not going to reach for one. I think Russell Wilson will be gone by then, so I don't think you have to worry about it. Yeah. But after that, you're going to find a six to eight to ten quarterbacks that you'll like that are all just about the same. There are you guys you like more than others, but they're all about the same. And you know what? I'm going to take my top wide receiver – and wait till the fourth round to get that second quarterback because I'm still going to end up with somebody that I don't mind. Think? You think? I'm just wondering, like, can yeah. you get a Matty Ice or somebody like that? Could, I don't know about here? Ryan. He'll he'll be gone. I think Ryan will be gone. I, I agree with that. But, but if you look at the quarterbacks here, I mean, you're not going to have Mahomes. You're not going to get Jackson. You're not going to get Ryan. I don't – you'd love – Aaron Rodgers really should be there because he's not that same player anymore. Yeah, he, he's really falling up. I can see him being. But this there. is the key. To, this is the key with the strategy here. You don't have to just keep getting young guys. It doesn't have to be Mahomes no. and Kyler Murray for you to last in the league. That would be the most ideal scenario in my mind, to be honest. But you can, if you have Mahomes, you can pair him up with Aaron Rodgers. I said he might or fall ben to the for a year. I, I wouldn't be afraid of taking Tom Brady if he fell. I want to win now. Yeah. You know, I don't worry about next year, next year. But uh, guys like how about Matthew Stafford could certainly be there. Daniel Jones. We may think the Giants are a terrible football team, but they're going to have to throw the ball over and over. I think Daniel Jones is going to end up being a top 12 fantasy quarterback. And us in fourth round, you may be able to get him later than that, by the way. I won our, I won our dynasty league because of Blake Bortles. Right. I mean, Case you don't closed. need that top quarterback there. Uh, Cam Newton, maybe someone you want to take a shot on. Baker Mayfield. I don't mind him. You can win with Kirk Cousins as your second quarterback. Yeah. You might be able to win with Derek Carr. I think it's pushing it a little bit. But I'm just trying to show you not all these quarterbacks are going to be taken so quickly. You can look at your Scott Fishbowl. You'll get an idea of when these quarterbacks are going to go. Yes, every super flex league is drafted differently. Some leagues, the quarterbacks fly. Some leagues, they stay around forever. There's no real way of knowing. You sort of have to read the tea leaves here in the first round. And I'm going to tell you my, my Scott Fishbowl draft, which is a super flex. Granted, it's not dynasty. And but you, get, you get a million extra points for quarterbacks. I'd have, been, I'd have been dying for quarterbacks in Scott Fish this year. Mahomes went four. Lamar Jackson, five. Dak Prescott, seven. Deshaun Watson, 11th. This is overall. So, so it's, it's four, four quarterbacks in the first round. In the first yeah. round. Yeah. Then Breeze. Then I took Murray. Five, six. 
then Wilson. So that's seven in the first round and a half. Then there was a little break. So uh, that lets you know there that even in, a, in Scott Fish, which is more quarterback friendly than any other, with all the points for completions and all this other stuff he has there, yeah, yeah. still only seven went in your league. Now, they were, what, 120 yeah, drafts yeah, yeah. in that league. You'd have to really average it out. But it lets you know that you can wait for that second quarterback. There That's will right. be a lull there. And you just look at the, uh, the list of quarterbacks here. After the top ten, these are guys who are on the – I'm looking at the ESPN cheat sheet here – that are not in the top ten for quarterbacks here on Fantasy. Breeze, Stafford, Rogers, Jones, Roethlisberger, Tannehill, Cam, Baker Mayfield, Cousins. These are guys, Carr, Rivers, if you if you believe in them. But these are guys that, as a second quarterback, you're okay with. That yep. you don't necessarily need to uh, pair Mahomes with Watson, Murray, Dak, Russell, Brady, Matt Ryan, Wentz. As know? a cautionary tale, as a cautionary tale, I drafted Phil Rivers and Mitch Trubisky in Scott Fishball last year, and it, it did not work out. So uh, you can, <laughs> I mean, I had the Mariota Tannehill thing. We've talked about it before. <laughs> Still, I, it's I good to see out. you've gotten over that, Mike. I haven't. So, uh, to, so Murray, then Matty Ice, after, well, sorry, Murray Wilson, then Matty Ice, uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, I took Aaron Rodgers as the 10th QB. I had both my QBs. And then it's Stafford, Tannehill, Cousins, Brady, Carr, Allen, Goff. Bridgewater, Locke, Garoppolo. That's your top 20. It took a full eight rounds in order to get the 20 QBs. Yeah, I mean, listen, in a super flex league, I like to lock up my quarterbacks. I do. But I do like to also read the draft, you know, see what's happening here. You know, I generally, my first quarterback will be a top quarterback. You know, it's usually in the first round. Now, when I did play in the Scott Fishbowl last year, I got Pat Mahomes and I got him in the second round because once again, I read the draft. And I think, well, I think I got him 14th, 15th overall, something like that. And when my, by the time my pick came out in the first round, which is like ninth or so, no quarterbacks have been taken. And I just read it. I'm like, wow, we're not taking quarterbacks this year. So I waited. It was sort of a gamble, but I waited. I think I took Derrick Henry that year. I'm not positive. Uh, and then second round came out, still no quarterbacks. I grabbed Pat Mahomes. And then I waited probably about five, six rounds before my second quarterback, and I got Roethlisberger. Now, it ended up being he got hurt that year, so that didn't work out well for me. But it just showed that the strategy worked to read your draft, to understand that not every Superflex league you're going to have five, six quarterbacks taken in the first first round or seven taken in the first 18 picks, that's happened in your league. But you just don't know when that run's going to be, uh, begin. It's going to happen. You just don't know. It could be in the first. It could be in the second. Uh, AFC East uh, making a transition. We have Ryan Talbot. Uh, coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk about the Bills, but a piece of AFC East news that popped up this week. Denzel Mibbs, the Jets' rookie-wide receiver and second-round draft pick, suffered a hamstring injury. Adam Gase says, this is by Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News, Gase says Sims suffered his hamstring injury a couple days running, a couple days ago, I suppose, running routes on air. What? That makes sense. Make Running routes on air. We're just going to have to see how long it takes. Gore was I usually run routes on the ground. But hey, you know, he's faster than I am. So um, we're just going to have to see how long it takes. Is coach speak for stop asking me? It's none of your business. Or it's also coach speak for I don't he's know. actually hurt. Or he's actually hurt. We'll see how long it takes. I mean, it's uh, the soft tissue injuries are always concerning. It is only, what are we, the 16th of August here. You got four weeks, give or take, before the season starts here. But what's most concerning with the rookie is He's not going to be able to get on the practice field, right? Not going to be able to learn those routes or get in the chemistry with 
uh, Sam Donald there. So that's what worries me more than anything else here. Not that you were thinking of drafting Mims anyway in a, a redraft league and a keeper league or a dynasty league. Certainly I could see that. But are we expecting big things out of the passing game from the Jets anyway? No, but this is this is why I brought it up. You got Vincent Smith, who I think is another player for the Jets who's uh, banged up. You got Mims is out. And you're giving Sam Darnold in his third year. He had mono last year. His receiving cores, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, and Brashad Perriman. Now, Perriman flashed late in the year with the Bucks, but where was he for his entire career before then? I, they, the, the Bucks got so pass-happy with Jameis, I, I don't really know what to think of Perriman. It's a one-year deal. I don't think it's a bad signing, but I don't have a, that much faith in him. Jamison Crowder's a good ball possession guy. Mims is really supposed to be their number one wide receiver moving forward, and now he's out. I just I, I I brought it up because the discussion is that every time I come back to the Jets, I'm like, how is Darnold supposed to be successful? The best weapon he has is still Le'Veon Bell. You didn't argue for me. You know how I feel about the Jets. So what did they do for this guy? I think they've hurt him, uh, not giving the players around. It's unbelievable. I, I, I certainly don't think Adam Gase has helped him any. You know, now they get Mims. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, maybe he has a year. Maybe he does it. But your team is not playing to win this year. You pretty much announced that when you made the trade for the two number ones with Jamal Adams. Right? Or can you still eval- can you evaluate him even this year? Can you evaluate him based on this team? They signed a bunch of offensive linemen, and they signed they and acquired three different wide receivers. But who's scared of this offense? Unless the offensive line is good and Le'Veon Bell is Le'Veon Bell. That's that's their only path through, and you won't get much out of Darnold. You won't be able to evaluate him much. I mean, listen, the offensive lineman they signed, let's face it, you're hoping the sum is better than the, uh, you know, each individual, in, the individual yeah. parts. You know, so you're hoping that. I think the Jets are a train wreck this year. I think everything next year is going to change anyway, including either the GM or the coach. Or the both. GM's not done anymore. I think he's done a good job. I think he's done a good job. I thought he did a good job in the draft. I just don't. I, I, I'm complaining because they didn't give him enough to evaluate Darnold. Anyway, Brian Talbot with talk about the Bills next. A good team in New York. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Grid, bringing in a guest of ours today, Ryan Talbot. You can find Ryan Talbot on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. And he's a Bills writer for New York Upstate and Bills Updates. Uh, he's been on the show with us many times. Thanks for joining us on The Grid today, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited to uh, talk to you a little bit about this. So uh, in a previous program, we updated everybody as to the extensions with Sean McDermott and Deion Dawkins, but uh, George and I have talked quite a bit about the Bills this offseason because there's obviously newfound expectations for this team given the changing dynamics of the division, but I give them a lot of credit for extending McDermott here because I I think he is evidence, he and Brandon Bean are evidence of what you can do in a relatively short period of time when everybody in the building is on the same page. Do I have that right? Oh, 100% correct. You know, he even acknowledged that this week. He said when he came in, he he knew he had to make some decisions that weren't going to be popular. Uh, and it was just about a three-year anniversary of the date where they traded Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby on the same day, who 
at that time were expected to be their number one wide receiver and their number one cornerback. So uh, w- when that had happened, being a first-year coach, I think a lot of the expectations were, oh, boy, this team isn't looking forward to competing in 2017, but it was the exact opposite. They were looking for players that fit that culture, that fit the mold of, of what they wanted, and, and sure enough, you know, they kind of backed into a playoff spot that first year. But Sean McDermott breaks a 17-year playoff drought in year one. They play with a rookie in, in his uh, second season. They go 6-10, and 10, but they bounce back this past year, win 10, uh, get 10 wins for the first time since 1999, and now two playoff appearances in three seasons. So absolutely, McDermott has preached culture, and it, it's pretty clear that they've come a long way in a short time under this regime of McDermott and Brendan Bean. Ryan, it's so hard not to like what Buffalo has done. I think, unless you're a Patriots fan, you love what Buffalo has done, right? It's finally give the Patriots a run for their money, and I think Buffalo is a better team. I think Buffalo is right up there, maybe a notch below the Chiefs and the uh, Ravens there, but they're a team to be reckoned with here. Talk about Stephon Diggs. What do you think he can, how he can change this offense to make them maybe even better than they were last year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look no further than last year's playoff loss to the Houston Texans. The, the Bills have John Brown, they have Cole Beasley, but who ends up leading in targets that day? Duke Williams. Duke Williams has 10 targets. I think he hauls in four of them, had a, a pass in the end zone that he should have hauled in for a touchdown. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, the Bills fell short, and it's because they were lacking that true number one wide receiver. Diggs comes in, and, and that all changes. Brian Dable can run that 11 personnel that he, he has loved to run in the past when he's had the right players. You have guys like John Brown, who had a career year across the board last year with Josh Allen as as his quarterback. Cole Beasley, who had a career year in certain categories last year. So, you know, you know, I know a lot of the naysayers, the people that don't believe in Josh Allen say, oh, you know, what what is Diggs really going to be in for this season? Well, if it's anything like what John Brown and Beasley experienced, this is the guy that could have a career year here in Buffalo. He's going to get the ball a lot. Uh, Brian Dable talked today about how they'll adjust week by week based on what opposing defenses do. If they're going to be playing tough on the outside, then Cole Beasley's going to feast on these opposing defenses and maybe Dawson Knox. But if they're playing a certain way, then yeah, Diggs and, and Brown are going to be in for, for big years as well. But you know, I just think you can look at that playoff game and say, if they had Stephon Diggs in that game, yeah, they clearly defeat the Texans. And, and who knows what happens after that. But it, right now, this is a team that I agree with you. I don't necessarily think they're on the same level as the Chiefs or the Ravens, but there, there's no reason they can't compete for that number three seed in the AFC in, in 2020. All right. So, uh, again, we're with Ryan Talbot. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills, uh, does updates for, uh, does Bills updates and writes for uh, New York Upstate. So, two part question here. It's all sort of the same thing. Uh, do you get the sense that the players, coaches, understand that they're receiving more hype than they have in the past? And do you feel that they are well prepared to handle it? They, they definitely know that. You know, there's been a few players that have said, we know that there's a bullseye on our back this year. In fact, I think it was Deion Dawkins that said that in his presser before his extension. But at the same time, the, the Bills are also doing the right thing. They're not giving any bulletin board material. They're saying... You know, until we defeat the Patriots, we're not the favorites. And to, to their, you know, to that belief, I think there's some legitimacy to that because they couldn't knock off the Patriots with Tom Brady in these last few seasons. They were close both games last year. Should they have won at least one of those two games? Yeah, realistically, probably they should have, but they fell short. 
So now it's a much different Patriots team. Tom Brady's gone. Dante Scarnecchia, the, possibly the greatest offensive line coach in NFL history, is gone. And they lost some significant names in those opt-outs. So it, if you're asking me who should be the favorite, it should be the Bills. But at the same time, they're trying to temper those expectations and say, until we defeat the team that has reigned over this division and ruled this division for about you know the, the last decade plus, we haven't done anything yet. So they're definitely being realistic about it, but at the same time, they know that they are probably viewed as the favorite to win this division for the first time in a long time. You know, it's funny you should mention that. Now, I, I completely agree with you. I've been saying it forever. I, I think the Bills maybe even walk through this uh, division here. Patriots, you said it. They've lost so many people. No Tom Brady. We don't know about Cam Newton. We are a gambling network, and right now on FanDuel, the Patriots over-under for wins is 9.5. The Bills is 8.5. I have the over on the Bills. I have the under on the Patriots. That's how much I believe in them here. But everything you're talking about here, do you think – I know they're going to say all the right things to the media – could they be overconfident in knowing, hey, there's no Tom Brady there? You know, maybe Cam is Cam, maybe Cam's not Cam. They've lost eight players who opted out here. This is our year. Do you think overconfidence could be a problem? You know, may maybe a few players could get overconfident, but I just don't see Sean McDermott letting them get letting I that agree. get to their heads. He he's that guy that preaches uh, it's a week-to-week -week league. It's a, it's a day-to-day -day league. You know, things change so quickly, and it, it all it takes is one injury to change the entire landscape, not only for the Bills, but for every team. One, one injury is all you need to go from being a favorite to all of a sudden not knowing what's going to happen in your season. So I can't see Sean McDermott letting the players get too full of themselves. Now, that said, is, is the schedule a lot more difficult this year than it was in 2019? Absolutely. But the Bills should be looking to rise to the occasion because this is a loaded roster. I can't remember the last time that they've had this much starting talent, but also depth across the board. Whether you're talking offensive line, whether you're talking defensive line, they invested heavily there. The defensive line is crazy. It's just crazy, crazy deep. Yeah. I mean, you go out and you get a, a Quentin Jefferson, who's a versatile piece that comes out of Seattle and says he wants to join a playoff team, which, you know, I can't remember the last time the Bills have had players wanting to come here because. They've been a playoff team two of the last three seasons. Vernon Butler, who you know, right now, he might see a bigger role because Star Latulale opts out. Uh, Six-sack season last year under Eric Washington, who now is the Buffalo Bills defensive line coach. So he's familiar with, those uh, with uh, obviously, Vernon Butler. But the big piece, obviously, this offseason was adding Mario Addison. No fewer than nine sacks over the last four years. That's the one thing that this defensive line has been lacking is a consistent pass rush. So if you have Addison and a healthy Hughes on the outside, Ed Oliver in year two, who really came on in that second half of the season, and those other players, Jefferson and Butler that I already mentioned, not to mention Harrison Phillips returning. And uh, another, even, I, I don't think that he'll necessarily make it, um, but they, they have some other players too there. Uh, Trent uh, on the outside, who really came on late in the year, but, with the salary cap looking the way it is for 2021, I think they'll end up probably cutting him, saving that seven, seven and a half million dollars. But he's even an option. So there's a lot of depth on the outside and on the inside. And that secondary, even if you don't know quite right now who's going to be cornerback two, you have a top safety duo and you have a true elite number one cornerback in Tredavious White. So a lot of promise there on yeah. this defense. And obviously drafted A.J. Epinesa in that second round as well, so adding a, a talented rookie. Uh, George started alluding to it. I, it. 
we'd have to ask this question about Cam Newton, if only because Brandon Bean and uh, Sean McDermott have close personal contact with Cam. Obviously, he was on the defensive side of the ball, but they both were in the same building at Cam as Cam at one point. Feel like it gives them any advantage, at least knowing Cam's personality, his tendencies, in order to help try to coach against him a couple of times this year. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, like you said, it was the opposite side of the ball for McDermott, but he coached against him in practices and things like that for quite a few years. So I'm sure he knows what makes Cam a little bit uncomfortable or, or what are some of his weaknesses are. Uh, but you, you throw in the fact that Newton hasn't been healthy over the last few years either. So we might not see the same kind of mobility out of him. That might That might benefit the Bills as well. But I think McDermott's going to have all bases covered in terms of here's what I've seen out of him in his career. Here's what he does really, really well. And here's how we're going to play that in those two weeks in the regular season when we do match up with the Patriots. Okay. Now we've mentioned his name a time or two here, but we haven't really talked about him here. It's the NFL quarterbacks dominate. All right. Do you think Josh Allen's when I say ready to make that next step, I'm not talking into hall of fame territory or even a top eight quarterback in the NFL, but is he ready to get better? Maybe to bring, I don't think they need a Pat Mahomes in order to compete. That defense is legit. It's probably the best in the league. He's got good weapons around him. Singletary, Morris, Brown, Diggs, Beasley, even Dawson knocks a tight end. I think it's a solid tight end, but they need Allen to be better. Maybe not do some of the silly things he's done. Do you think he's ready to take that next step into that category? I do. You know, and we, we did see some of that silliness, as you put it, in the playoffs where he tried to pitch the ball to Dawson Knox late in the game where he was trying to make a play. And, and I, I like that about him sometimes because it's that old gunslinger mentality of I need to make a play here. What can I do? But those things he does have to, to improve on. Now, to his credit, interceptions, he ended up with nine last year. I want to say six of them were in that first half of the season. He really cut down on interceptions in the second half of the year. He has to be smarter, though, when he's running with the ball or when he has someone coming after him because he does have over 20 fumbles in his first two seasons. Many of them have been recovered by the Bills, but that's worrisome. That's something that he has to monitor. As a passer, he improved significantly in that intermediate range last year. You add Stefan Diggs in the mix, I would like to think that that's going to improve. Like He's even going up even higher in the intermediate area. The short game, he can be better on that. He says sometimes early in games he's too hyped up, so sometimes he he missed, he overthrows those intended guys in the short area. So he needs to kind of let it fire. He needs to take a hit. Uh, but the, the, the big area that he needs to make the biggest improvement, in my opinion, is that deep passing game. He was very inaccurate there last season, and, and we really need to see that improve. Now, should Diggs and Brown on the outside help that? Absolutely. Knocks in the middle, as you mentioned as well. And even after the catch with Beasley. So, yeah, th there's room for improvement, absolutely. But I like the strides that we saw from year one to year two. So, uh, good stuff there. Again, is Ryan Talbot. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. So, one last one. Um, we've got a lot of fantasy players that watch this network as well. What is this running back scenario going to look like? You, you know, in a typical year, I think it would have been closer to a 50-50 split sooner rather than later. But if I'm playing fantasy football and I'm thinking only this season, I'm taking Devin Singletary. I think they're going to give him a heavy workload early on in the year as you ease Zach Moss in, because this has not been a typical offseason, as you guys know. There's a lot to do with blitz pickup. There's a lot to do with knowing the hot reads and things like that and what adjustments he has to make. And I'm not sure he's going to be ready to do that week one. By week eight, could we be seeing more and more of him 
uh, in this lineup? Absolutely. But early on, I think Singletary is the guy that you want in your fantasy lineup. He's the guy that ended up with over five yards per carry last year. Mind you, didn't have the kind of workload that a, a Derrick Henry did, but he finished at the same yards per carry as Henry last year. I think he's your guy if you're looking to uh, win your fantasy league here in 2020. Good stuff. So uh, that was a lot. Uh, I appreciate you covering so much in a short period of time. Again, find him on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. Uh, he's a Bills writer for Bills Updates on Twitter. And you can find his articles at New York Upstate. We'll talk to you again uh, sometime soon, Ryan. Appreciate you joining us each and every summer. And uh, have a good rest of the summer before you uh, have to work your fingers to the bone writing updates. Hey. Thanks again. See you next time, bud. Thank you. All right, folks. We'll be back on The Grid after this. George and I will react to Ryan's uh, breakdown of the Bills next on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Just have Ryan Talbot on here from uh, Ryan Talbot. Bill's on Twitter. He does those updates for Bill's updates in New York Upstate. But good breakdown there, George. I, I think, look, I, I, I don't think he told me anything that stunned me, but he really affirmed some of the things that we thought about this team. Interesting, though, on the running back scenario, he said that Singletary is really going to be the guy until Zach Moss gets, I guess, used to the system. That's going to be the case for a lot of rookies that didn't have access. Yeah, if you're a fantasy owner, that's what you wanted to hear, right? You wanted to hear which running back was going to be the guy there. He's, he actually said it. He thought it was going to be 50-50, but now he thinks it's going to be Singletary. So Singletary's the main guy there with Moss, a complimentary guy, obviously an injury replacement should that occur here. So that's, uh, for fantasy-wise, that's what I wanted to hear. I also wanted to hear about Josh Allen, what he thought. that Could Josh Allen take that next step? I keep saying it over and over again. I don't think we need him to be great. You know, we don't need him to be Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, but we need him to take that next step. He brought up an interesting uh, point that his interceptions went down the second half last year, so maybe he was maturing that way. I can understand. We make fun of that play he made in the playoffs where he threw the ball backwards. Mm -hmm. Pressure's there. You're trying to make a play. Things aren't going your way. Can't do those things, but I, I understand the mentality behind it. But it was good to hear about that, too. And this team is going to be a better team. The addition of Stephon Diggs, Brown, Beasley. They're going to be an interesting offensive team. Not that you're going to want to hop on these guys. And you're early. And really, who's the earliest fantasy pick here? Probably Diggs. Diggs. Round three. You know, I don't somewhere around there. I'm Singletary will be valuable because once again we all cry for running backs. Only question but, uh, I really wanted to ask him is sort of a hypothetical. If the Bills have a bad season, why will that be? And the reality is it'll probably be because the passing game isn't working, right? Josh Allen. I, I just think that they were a low-volume passing team last year, the 24th most passing attempts in the league. Is Stephon Diggs going to get ticked off about that? Like, he, wasn't he, might get the he might get the most targets, but he's going to get the most targets on a team that's throwing about as much as his old team did. And doesn't have so quite the offense there, right? Doesn't have Dalvin Cook to bring the safeties down low. No. Uh, yeah, he's a good offensive line, but whatever. If you're worried about Diggs being unhappy, you're right. I mean, he, he's not going to be any happier here. He was upset that the ball wasn't coming to him in Minnesota. And the, let's face it, the Bills are going to want to win on defense and not have mistakes made. They're not going to try and open up this offense here. So, yeah, I can see Diggs being a little unhappy. The Bills had the 24th most passing attempts in the league in 2019. Where do you think the Vikings were? I know Zimmer wants to run the ball. I would say they're worse. 23rd. 
identical, basically. So that's it for this hour of Football Full Circle. Thank you to Ryan Talbot. And on behalf of Brian Rakowski and George Kurtz, I'm Mike Blewett. Thanks for watching. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.